Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that grace is, is you working and you alone working. But without your grace we are powerless in death. But thank you, Father, that you come to us in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and raise us out of death and into new life. Father, feed us today by the Holy Spirit with the Word of Christ. Encourage our faith. Teach our consciences to be at peace. Have mercy on me, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, not everybody will uh, know the uh, shepherding passage that well. If you're familiar with the shepherding passage, there is imagery uh, of a shepherd and sheep. And the main thing that I would love us to look at is the title today of the sermon Because really, when you read a passage of Scripture, you've got to ask this question. What does Jesus want me to know? What does the Good Shepherd want me to know? Not does He want me to know about. Knowing about something is very different to knowing something. And Jesus is very uh, kind of disciplined and strict in the way in which He brings through Himself is the good shepherd here in this passage and we need to to listen very carefully. But shepherding in the Near East was very different to say shepherding sheep here in Australia. So I'd like you to imagine that you uh, can see some sheep over there in a sheep pen and the voice of a man who would be the shepherd would come to that sheep pen, the gate would open and he would speak to the sheep. He would actually call them and funny enough, he'd call them by name. Maybe he would say, Sheep Johnny or Sheep Fred, I don't know. But as he called those sheep, they knew the voice of the shepherd and they'd come out and they would gather around the shepherd. Now imagine somebody else goes to call those sheep, a guy who's not their shepherd. Well, do you know what would happen? As that shepherd called out to the flock, they wouldn't come. They would only come to the voice of the shepherd. And that's what Jesus is saying here. It's so important to know that he has a unique voice. So there's lots of kids here today. How many of you kids know the voice of your parent? But when they say clean your room, can you hear the voice very clearly? It's a bit cloudy, doesn't it? I can't hear you, Mum. I can't... What did you say? It's interesting, isn't it? But the time that your parents' voice comes to you, you know it's clear. And if I got if I got to know some of you kids today, I'm sure that I would recognise you by your voice. So I could probably, after a while, hear you speaking and I would know it was you. Well, that's how it is. When Jesus speaks, Jesus speaks. And when he speaks, his sheep hear him. Full stop. No other voice will the sheep listen to. And so as a church, we might be tempted to say we don't have a pastor. That needs a bit of working through. To say you don't have a pastor, I understand what people mean by that, but to say you don't have a pastor means that Jesus Christ is relinquishing his role as the shepherd of the sheep. Now, can he do that? So, how do you know 
that you've got a shepherd? How do you know that you've got a pastor? Through the voice of Jesus Christ. And through the word that comes in sacrament. So to say, oh, I can't hear, I can't hear the voice of Christ until we get a pastor. That makes Christ dependent on a human being. And he's not that. So we need to ask ourselves, what does it actually mean to hear the voice of Jesus Christ, our shepherd? And we're going to see that now as we go through some verses. So in John 10, 14 to 16, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. So what's the first thing he wants you to know? The first thing he wants you to know is that the word I am is the word for God. He is the divine shepherd, the divine pastor. So what does he want you to know? I am the good shepherd. Now, if I got up here and said, I am the good shepherd, you guys would get me out of the church very quick, wouldn't you? You'd hook me up and throw me out. Because no one can say, I am the good shepherd. No human being can say that. Only Jesus Christ can say, I am the good shepherd. What's the first thing he wants us to know here at Trinity Lutheran Church and at Peace College? I am the good shepherd and I do not relinquish my role over the flock for anyone. Oh, do we need to hear that voice? And the immaturity to say that Christ is not speaking is of the most silliest and foolish thing you can say because he dwells in you. He lives in you. He's one with you. And he says, I know my own and my own know me which means he knows everything about you. Have you got problems? He knows them. He knows every single detail about you. He even knows how many hairs you have on your head. He counts them. I know my own and they know me in such detail does the shepherd know you. And then he says these amazing words, Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, how can it be that Jesus Christ says we know him and he knows us in the same way that he knows the Father and the Son knows the Father? When I read that, I thought, hang on a second, Jesus made a mistake here. How can he put our relationship with himself on the same terms as the Father and the Son? Is he talking about the future? Has he made a mistake? No. Brothers and sisters, when you know the full love of God in the depths of the forgiveness of all of your sins in Jesus Christ, you know God. You know him as Father and you have come to know him in all that he is to you. You actually can't get any deeper than to have all of your sins forgiven in Jesus Christ. Such is the knowing of God the Father and God the Son that we have and such is the quality of that relationship. And Don, I I mentioned something about Vi this morning at 8 o'clock and I'm going to quote from Charles Spurgeon, but there was something that I saw with your wife as 
she was ill and was dying that was really important. Charles Spurgeon said, at the end of your age, when your mind goes and your wits go on you, there's one thing that cannot ever, ever change and that's your relationship with Jesus Christ. Nothing can get in the way or stop that relationship that you have in Jesus Christ. Impossible. And I saw that in Vi Ruthenberg. Her relationship with Christ was still there. No one could take that away, neither sickness nor death. What does the shepherd want you to know? What is the most important thing in Christianity? To know the Father's love in Jesus Christ. To know what it is to have a relationship in Jesus Christ. That is the most important thing. And the I am, the good shepherd says to you today, this is everything. Everything else is okay, but this is the main thing you need to know and no one can take that away from you. But there are other, there are other audiences there when Jesus was speaking. There always is. Wherever Jesus is speaking, there's audiences and they're opposed to him. And so they say to him, this man is insane and has a demon. Why should we listen to him? Martin Luther says this, when we're in sin, when we're guilty, we call evil good. When we become Christians, we call evil evil and good good. These people are saying that Jesus has a demon. And it wasn't because they didn't hear him, it was because they did hear him. They heard his voice, but Jesus says to them, I told you that you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. I wonder in Christianity, especially in in, in our day, whether we actually consider not hearing the voice of Christ as as a means to not belonging to the flock. I bet you we have this unusual spin on it. Well, you know, uh, maybe, you know, you know. No, you don't hear his voice. You're not a part of his flock. Are they my words? What is the Good Shepherd saying? If you do not believe in him, you do not hear his voice. You can't hear his voice. And I had someone come to me today after the service and said, Chris, but you know, you're, you're telling us that no one can snatch us out of the Father's hands. What about if we don't obey all his commands? And I said to that person, if I told you today that you don't believe in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ is not true, what would you say to me? And they said, he's true and I believe in him. And then I said, well, you've obeyed all his commands. What is the one commandment by which all commandments are obeyed? The heart of the Lutheran faith is faith. The heart of, the heart of obedience in the word, the word for obedience in the Greek is hearing. So you look up the Greek word for obedience and you get the word hearing. Hearing with faith. And I know I'm not a good listener. I need to listen better to people. But we're not really good listeners, are we? Because as soon as we hear the voice of Christ, we're swamped with so many other words and so many other voices. What if I told you today 
there are only two voices operating in the world. The voice of the Father in Jesus Christ and the voice of Satan. You wouldn't believe that. Australians won't believe that. It's true. Two words, two voices, two kingdoms, two fathers, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ or the devil as your father. And yet we try to have this in-between place where we can hide. No, the reason why it's very hard to hear the voice of the shepherd is this, is Christ opposes everything else that you want to put your confidence in in this world. Soon as you start to put confidence and trust in anything in this world, money, houses, your looks, soon as you start to have any form of confidence in anything in this world, the shepherd, because he is good, comes against that. And he opposes any other place of security but himself and the Father. What a good shepherd. What a good shepherd. He will not let you rest in anything else. Is that a good shepherd? You bet it is. And do you know one of the things pastors try to teach their congregations is that God rules and not money. Very hard. God rules. This is what we're seeing here. The shepherd is saying, I want you to know my voice above everything else. And Australians truly believe, and I'm using that word believe loosely here, but Australians truly believe in job security. There's nothing wrong with a job, is there? There's nothing wrong with studying. They believe in financial security. But the problem is they really believe in it. They believe if they have finances, they will be secure. They believe if you buy your own home and build your future, then everything will be all right. That is the gospel of Australia. The problem is you can have a financial collapse. You can come down with cancer. You can get sick. You can die. And where is your foundation then? Where is your gospel? I'm going to quote an old song and... Forgive me, you young people, you may not know it or you may know it, but as I quote it to you, you will begin to know it. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Really? Really, Chris? At the time of testing, Chris, is it really built on nothing less? I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground. What does the shepherd do? He shepherds you away from sinking sand. All the time he's doing it, all the time he's doing it with me. When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. Oh, that we would know that. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. And when earthly prop gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. And I can tell you right now, 
that when the shepherd shepherds you away from the sinking sand, you say, no, that sinking sand is rock solid. And sometimes you need to sink. You need to sink in the mire of your sin so you know that it is not solid ground. I know that from experience. Just recently, speaking to a Anglican minister friend of mine, he'll never listen to this talk, I hope he doesn't, but uh, he said, as I have grown in the Lord, I find that I'm more insecure than I've ever been. And I said, yes, that's what growth is. The more you grow, the more insecure you become. I, I can't get over how insecure I am as a man. Who, who here doesn't have pessimistic thoughts about things or is worried about what people are saying about them and all the different things that come in? And see, so you grow in Christ and all of a sudden you realise how insecure you are. Is that a bad thing? No, because the shepherd actually wants to shepherd you into the only place where you know true security. And we kick and we scream because we love sinking sand for some reason. So Jesus emphasises the word snatched. No one can snatch us out of the Father's hand and no one can snatch us out of his hand. The word snatched is linked with Satan. Satan is the thief who comes to steal, who comes to kill, who comes to destroy Every one of those words is the word for snatch. Jesus is saying Satan is the greatest enemy to the flock and his followers, but he can never snatch you out of the hand of Christ or out of the hand of the Father. If Satan can never snatch you out of the hand of the Father and out of the hand of Christ and death can't snatch you out of the hand of the Father and out of Christ, why can death not snatch you? Because Jesus says what? I give them eternal life and no one can snatch them out of my hand or out of the hand of the Father. The word there for not perish is the word for never die. How can Jesus say you will never die? What does the Good Shepherd want you to hear today? He wants you to hear this. I give you eternal life and at the point that you die or at the point that you think is death is the point that you come into eternal glory. And the Shepherd is saying, I want you to know that. I want you to know that you can never perish, never be condemned, Sorry, I've just gone a little bit too far with my notes. Now, the hand of Christ and the hand of the Father is the hand of power, it's the hand of authority and it's the hand that holds us tightly. What the Divine Shepherd is saying to us today is this. You can only rest as a flock as a church, when you know that you are actually in the hands of the Father and the Son, and I mean actually know it. 
You are actually in the person of the Son. That's what the word hand means. It means person. You are in the Son and no one can take you out of Jesus Christ. No one can take you from His hand. No one can take you from the Father's hand. No one can do that. That is where the church is. That is where the flock of God is. That is where we are. And Jesus says that the Father is greater than all. Your Father and my Father rules the universe. My daddy's a policeman. What does your daddy do? They used to be the conversations when we were at school. Whose daddy had the best job? Does anybody ever remember those? You probably don't have them anymore. I I used to go out and uh, do ministry in in the streets of Parramatta and people used to come around and try and sell you all these, these, these cards, these credit cards and they'd say, this is going to give you the best deal for money and all of these things and I used to say to them, my father owns the world. He rules the universe. And they'd look at me and say, who's your father? They looked at me like I was mad. But what do they say about Jesus? He's got a demon in him. Here at Trinity Lutheran Church, here at Peace College, every one of you who have been baptised into Jesus Christ, the Father of the universe holds you, the one who calls the stars out by name, the one who brings the cloud by which it rains, is your Father. And if he so secures you in eternal life, is he going to not meet your needs here? Is he not going to oversee everything that you need here, especially in your suffering? Let me read to you a quote, and I've had to translate it because it's in Old English, but it's from a guy called William Romain. God will never let the events of our lives be in our hands. Hallelujah! He never lets us control our destiny. What does it say in Jesus Christ alone? He commands my destiny. God won't let us. He's too good a shepherd. We shall not be able to manage his purposes. In other words, we can't control the will of God. He won't let us do it. He has taken, nor do we have any power to defeat them. We can't defeat the Father's plan for us. God's will to do us good does not depend on our will. Listen to that. God's will to do us good does not depend on our will or on our faithfulness or anything in us. By grace and by grace alone, God will do us good. He has taken all our concerns into his own hands and he will conduct them all to the praise of his glorious grace. Brothers and sisters and young ones here today, the shepherd wants you to know that you can rest securely. You can even just cast your entire future, cast all your cares, cast all your anxieties upon God the Father in Jesus Christ and know a peace and a rest that might even scare us. 
We may even just fall asleep in his hands. How wonderful, how beautiful is it to know the I am shepherd who shepherds us into eternal life and says, you shall never want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord bless you today. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen.